Hello and welcome to the We Will Fix It Show, a Podaholics podcast with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai, recorded at the hub of We Will Fix It in their offices. Everything that's going on with your house, your condo, your cottage, your flat, your motorhome, your backyard, your wet bar, your dry bar, your everything to do with DIY, home repair and improvement. We're talking about right here on this show. Colin is a wealth of knowledge and so are the rest of the folks over there. We will fix it. Let's get to the show. This is your DIY connection. Here's Colin. Like This is good. It's almost like we know each other now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's episode number nine. How? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode nine. It's, it's, that's over nine hours of podcasting about <sighs> the the wonderful world of DIY, fix it yourself, home repair and improvement, and random nuggets of gold. I don't even think I've talked to my wife in nine hours. <laughs> Over the 11 years that we've been together, or whatever it is. My word. The We Will Fix It show. That's what it is. Yes. (laughs) So I I am am, in love with Instagram because there are so many things you can find there with respect to doing repairs and improvements. And I hate Instagram because I get envy. Uh, And there I am looking at Catboy's Instagram site. Yes. Catboy from 92FM here in Dubai. His new place. Yeah. And his wife is distressing, and he apparently is helping her. I never see any pictures of him doing it, and there always seems to be comments that he is somewhere else. Well, the reason is, what actually happens is, um, (laughs) uh, with both Simon and Laura, um, they're good friends of mine. So, uh, actually, they haven't got hold of me over this one, which is kind of unusual. We've, well, we've and that was my thing, because I even sent him a note saying, uh, Colin must be there taking these photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, no, no, we've done, we've done um, lots of discussions over his new place and, um, and what needs to be done. It, it looks stunning. He's done yeah. so well with it, but the outdoor areas are incredible, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Laura is a little bit of an expert, to say the least, on that whole distressing um, route. And there's so many different ways of doing that, you know. Um, so, um, I've recently, as you well know, I did my bar project, which, um, when you say bar project, it all sounds quite grand, but yeah, it, it, yeah, uh, it's more of a table than anything else, but it's kind of a high raised bar table. Um, but it is three and a half meters long and it will I mean, sit that's, that's, 10. That is huge. Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a monster and, um, I absolutely loved it. But, um, for me, the whole idea was to start with, um, really rudimentary materials, so yeah, pallets yeah. in my case, um, and then, um, um, see where it took me and uh, where it's take, uh, taking me to is is kind of that see distressed comes in two different <laughs> versions well and this is it? this is the thing when someone says oh I, i'm going to distress my door or i'm going to stress my cabinets and we often think of antiques that you find that have been put together and they are uh, the paint's peeling they've got some scratches that's usually how I think of distressing something. Oh, okay, because the other distressed version, and I guess this is my um, DIY head-on, is um, IKEA flat pack that's about to fall apart, and it okay. is looking very distressed. <laughs> okay, I that's wasn't not think- really I wasn't- where we're going with this, is No, it? no, I wasn't thinking Good. of about to fall apart. I was thinking about quality. The yeah, the look. Of the, the shabby distress. chic. That's it, that's it. That's shabby the one, chic. isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, uh, uh, where do you get a good example of that? Uh, Shakespeare's. Go to any of the Shakespeare's cafes. Do you know, Shakespeare's cafe do make me laugh because the <laughs> and none whole, of that stuff is old it's all new no no it's it's that and also <laughs> what they're trying to sell is the uh, the expats imagination of yeah. what an old british tea room would look like yes and i walk in and i'm just i mean literally i try not to laugh because it, it's it's almost shakespeare's is, is its own entity and you should take it as that rather than anything you have to relating to britain whatsoever um, however, because I think it's I think it's Russian owned anyway, isn't it? I'm not so oh, no, sure. No, I don't no, know. Okay. Yeah. But the le- the level of floral <laughs> that's in there is is it's quite over the something. Top. It is over My the top. Goodness, it is, isn't it? Um, so you're telling me a, a, a British tea room does not look like a Shakespeare's? Heck no, <laughs> no, without a doubt, no. Much much simpler. Um, and you know the traditional ones. I absolutely love a traditional British tea room, and the elements involved are actually pretty minimal. Really? So uh, for tea, that, yeah. But then you know you do. But you the seating have, and the, and all that stuff is just. It, it's the idea is it's really basic, and ah. normally it'd be kind of like a um, a really simple pine design um, with uh, kind of. Uh, Widish chairs, no arms there, basic table, um, you know, a check pattern, um, normally the red and white check. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. 
on top of the table, uh, a teapot. That's the critical yeah, thing. Okay. But it's not a crazy teapot. It's always it would normally be just a white traditional English teapot mm. there. And um, you okay. know, when you find one of those, it, again, um, you know, they're few and far between, and very much in the tourist areas in the in the UK. But um, they're they have kind of an air about them, a real mm. relaxed environment, and um, soft music playing when you go in and. You know, no. No, no, no. No, no, okay. there isn't. no the idea is that you create your own um, really? ambience in these places. Really? Yeah. See, I've got a total... See, I, my vision would be Shakespeare's, something like that. There, you know. No. No, okay. No, absolutely not. And then, and then tea and scones there, and, yeah. you know, and it's um, and a big pot of, um, of homemade jam, ideally, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of where, where wow. it traditionally goes. Okay. So, very different. But we're distressing furniture. Yeah, and, and not talking about the stuff that's falling apart which yes. I've you know you know what the problem I have and we'll get to stressing first you know what the yeah. problem I have with my Ikea drawer sets and everyone's got an Ikea drawer set that they've we do. Yeah. and uh, the bottoms of the drawers are made with the cheapest chipboard, yeah. chipboard or yeah. compressed board or I, I think mine's not even board it's some kind of cardboard that they've packed together yes. and they always bow in the middle and fall out yeah, you're absolutely right. But then the odd thing is, um, I think over the years, um, they've moved away uh, from the main construction units being quite as poor as they were. In fact, my first job was working for a company called Texas Home Care. That was like <laughs> Texas cheap, Home Care. Texas Home Care. It's my Saturday job when I was at school. Okay. And um, they were the cheap version of IKEA. And if you really? can imagine, <laughs> right? How can you get any cheap? Yeah, I, I mean, know. and some of the IKEA stuff is good, although uh, our friend Thomas Lundgren would disagree. He's I'm sure a, Thomas. I don't think he even likes to hear the word. Well, he's the ex-boss of IKEA, wasn't yeah. he? Yes, <laughs> yes. At the one. Um, but uh, it's it's one of those where I actually think the general quality of the main uh, furniture has improved dramatically at yeah. IKEA over the years. You know, I've got, uh, I think the Hemnes range is the one that, that we've got the moment. It's all solid wood, apart from yeah. the um, uh, the bases that you, you're talking about. And this um, is the bottom part of the drawer. So, I, yes. I mean, I've got one. It's beautiful. It looks wonderful. And my boys used it for years. Yeah. And the other day I go and open it up and everything falls on the floor. And I'm going, which one of these boys did this? Yeah. But it's an easy, I mean, that is an easy repair um, yeah. in effect. But again, um, you kind of have to replace it with what's there because of the thickness that's involved. Yeah. So so it, what do you do? Like, what, what do I take it down to Ace and say, okay, I need a piece, cut, cut a piece of something like this? Um well, would, you've got would, two options because those, if you imagine, they're, they're normally grooved, aren't they? And you slot in yeah, as you go. Yeah, that's exactly but, it. But then the way that those actually work, especially with the um, the drawers, is that you have to fit that before you put the back piece on. Yes. So it's almost like a deconstruction job. The other alternative for me would be um, to actually use a proper um, thick piece of wood that uh -huh. you uh, you put into the void ah. that's there and then screw from the sides. But you need to countersink it because obviously it needs to go in and yes. out. Um, again, perfectly feasible to do, um, but it, that's a bigger job. You know, you need yeah. to be a bit dedicated to the course for that one, mm. um, but perfectly doable. The other possibility is normally that um, the recessed groove is um, normally about uh, or a centimetre above the bottom of the runner yes. rail, which gives you that centimetre gap that potentially you can put strengthening bars in oh, okay. um, to actually get around the issue as well. But again, you need to look at clearances to be able to do that. Yeah. So, mm. so there you go. Now, distressing, distressing which is getting back to what we started talking about. Yes. Which, it's only six minutes that we started talking about that, got onto two other topics, and we've gotten back. So that is a record. It is. We're doing better than normal. Well done, us. <laughs> so, for distressing, James, yeah. um, there's two different ways that you can look at it. What, now, hold on a second. What, what, I mean, I'm calling it distressing. Would someone, would people from different parts of the world, like in England, would you call that distressing? Yes. Okay. So, we're, yes, on, the same, we're on the same topic. Or the shabby chic design the is shabby the way of doing design. it. Okay. So, two different scenarios with this either you, you've built something and you want to finish it and you want to finish it in that style yeah. or you already have something and you want to actually distress it to that yes. kind of uh, environment so for my uh, my bar table basically i took the wood right the way down to uh, to core so it was absolutely uh, virgin before i started yeah. and then uh, for that one i started by uh, using a um a pickling um uh, type of stain first of all pickling stain. is it yeah. called that yeah yeah. So if I go to the paint shop and I say I need some pickling stain, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about? I bought it from Ace Hardware. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I've never heard of pickling stain. Yeah, the idea is it's it's like a... Um, um, see, the traditional stains that have been around for 
oh god hundreds of years um are all in that kind of brown range right and these days brown's kind of out on yeah. the whole so yeah. you want something that's a little bit more fresher in terms of color okay so there's a whole range of these kind of pastel um stains oh, yeah, in effect yeah, okay. sure, which are known as pickling stains so ah. that's all they are it's just a stain of a different uh, a different type of color nice. so um basically i so i started with a, a kind of a white design with that they're water-based as well which is great so if mm. you um you do a test area and it's a little bit too much you can pull it back that way but the way um the way that you can um distress that the way i actually did i did a different distress from the normal one which was um to throw um first one coat of the pickling stain over yeah and then i actually at that point you get a real variation in the tone of the way that the stain's actually been absorbed by the wood which provides that distressing effect when you then go over the top of right. it with um a nice clear satin um uh, type of varnish and then it also creates that kind of yellowing that's a part exactly. of that whole aging yeah. process yeah. as well so that's how i did mine mm. the other way of doing it um which works generally when you've got um some kind of furniture that uh, has already got some kind of finish on is one of two methods you can do the subtle method um which is to grab some sandpaper yeah. and then basically in different areas you you basically hit it with the sandpaper and you, for that you need really coarse sandpaper you know something maximum in the kind of 60 grit i prefer some like a 38 so you can get some some perspective on it yeah but you have to be really careful because if you're not if you're not really careful with it oh. it's really obvious that you've done yeah. it like it's and then you want it to look like it's happened over time and exactly. i've seen people who have done that and it's like oh yeah you you tried to yeah. do a little sandpaper here and it did it, not work. It work and i think they went with too high of a grit to start with instead of easing into it well that's true yeah i mean i guess there's that time element as well but you know you talked about the wonders of instagram so before you're doing this have a good look pinterest yeah. as well have a good oh, look that's right. at, I always forget. Pinterest. Yeah, have a good look at what other people have done, how they've done it. You know, YouTube videos. Have oh a quick man, look first. And, and you usually have the time lapse thing, so you can yes. see here's how I started, here's what I did. Go yeah. slow. Now, there's the other route, which is how the professionals do it. Um, uh -huh. now, they use big nasty chains. Chains. Like, yeah, big chains. <laughs> okay. And they hit it. What? Yeah. So when <laughs> you're, you're joking, so so it's you, therapy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But um, if you imagine... Um, they hit it with chains. Yeah, when you're buying an old piece, there's always chunks out of it or yeah. various other bits and bobs, and they're trying to replicate that. Yeah. So if you're only doing a bit of sandpaper, in effect, the wood actually looks pretty new anyway because it hasn't got chunks out of it. There's yeah. no dents or anything. So they want to dent up the wood more. So generally speaking, they'll pull chains over it. They'll give it a good whack um, where it needs it before doing whatever that um, that finish would be. Get some dodgy movers to come and move your stuff around. Take it yeah. take it around the block for you. You know, the other one, if you've got... <laughs> imagine that you've got a painted... You got off that really quick, that one. You don't, you don't, oh, want, to no, dodgy, you don't want to go there. Dodgy movers are not my favorite um, <laughs> subjects, especially here in Dubai oh, um, but the other one that uh, that we don't really think about too much but we're just coming into the season is the effects of UV oh, leave, leave the things out in the sun exactly ah. yeah yeah so especially if you've got something that's been painted yeah um, and again when you think of furniture normally if it's been painted it's been painted with an indoor um, finish right. well that's going to degrade pretty quickly like a week or two outside you need to keep a close eye on it and then seal it again with a, uh, a satin varnish after you've seen what, what's happened uh, and you're okay. happy with the level you're at and you've got something that's stable with that distressed look and you've basically done nothing apart from move it well that's really easy I mean that makes it that's sweet yeah I know that's the other way of doing it. But so, you, again, so what did Simon control. and Laura do? Because it looked to me like she had a little uh, uh, a little orbital sander going on her table I I haven't seen all of all of their recent stuff. They okay. did a whole batch in the last place when I was around there, um, which was, in fact, I, I I can extrapolate from what I've seen <laughs> to what, where they they may well be. So again, with an, an orbital, um, then you can use that. Because I I sent him a thing and said, you know, a good belt sander would make that job a lot faster. Ah, because okay. I figured you were taking the pictures. I'm I'm just shocked that you weren't over no. there with a you know a cooler and uh, <laughs> a, a deck chair and and supervising. It's just gone hot. We're busy. You know? <laughs> so um, I know that they had a whole bunch of white furniture that they'd done previously, that's, and that's was, what they were redoing some of this white furniture. Yeah. Because there was something white. Yeah. So uh, also that would have been, they did that two years ago, I think. Okay. So by now, white furniture outside, you are going to get that UV yeah, pretty. A little bit of chipping yeah. that you want to fix yeah. up. Yeah. So I'm guessing at that point, you've got two options. You've also got a little bit of flake that would have ha been yeah. happening there as well. So hit it. If I was doing it that way, I would hit it with a random orbital, uh, but actually with a really high grit. Ah. So all that you're, you're trying to do. So, you know, I'd be, um, well, actually with a random orbital, you, you need to be quite aggressive anyway. 
anyway, but I'd probably be at 100, somewhere, uh, something like that, 100, 120. Um, and then uh, all you're trying to do is to remove the loose stuff and nothing more. Yeah. Um, so at that point, literally quick over it. Do not put pressure on the random orbital. Let that do the work. Focus especially on the sides or where there's anything that's loose and then be done with it. And it's a quick process. Nice. So I do it that way for exterior yeah. um, furniture. I'm guessing that's probably what she did. I mean, I, I'm looking at this and I, it's inspiring to see people doing some DIY projects. And I think that, and, and in Dubai, because if you're following folks in Dubai, you start to see more and more because of the yeah. algorithm. And I, I just think more people are doing this stuff themselves. And and as as they were saying in their captions, a little family bonding time. Family's getting together. We're doing stuff. We're, we're making a change in our environment. And everyone seems happy about it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, in our house recently, we've been doing um, the whole of the exterior walls uh, right the way around our garden were redone by a guy I've used for years who did a fantastic job of that. What he didn't do a fantastic job on, though, was my front door, which oh. was an absolute disaster. Yeah, my front door is dying. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I've got to do something with it. And every day I come out and I look at it and I just go, paint's starting to chip off. I was thinking of yeah. just distressing it a little bit, taking a sander around it. But mm. I'm thinking it needs to be protected well ours had exactly that same issue but the problem being we're in um, one of the um, older developments within Dubai and um, the issue was that it's actually not a solid door it's laminated oh, oh. so um, but does it feel like a good heavy solid door yeah, oh yeah it feels yeah. all right so yeah. how have they done that what well the first attempt at it was not very good at all they they uh, they basically just stained it varnished it and left the damage that was there oh, no. so it was a bit of an add-on to the work that was done and he was supposed to be showing me how great his carpenter was and i, I brought him around and said look come on that's not a carpenter that's a laborer <laughs> you know yeah, don't don't, yeah. don't be, be dishonest about this so he totally ad admitted it and in the end i went to um a specialist that again we use in the business for years yeah. um and they we had two options either you take out all the mid panels um from the door and completely redo it that way um, that I've, sounds like a very long and expensive job yeah, exactly and, and painful you know to give you an idea that would have been the best part of five thousand dirhams to do that properly how much can you buy a new door for so, Oh, not, it's, it's a big door. Oh, okay. You know, right. um, probably 10 or 12,000, I'd have thought. Yeah. Um, but instead, so, and my landlord's incredible. He's an absolutely yeah. wonderful man. If I told him that that was required, I'm absolutely sure he would have supported it. But I just didn't think that was a value for him. Yeah. So instead, he got his French polishing guys to come in. French polishing guys? You wouldn't believe this. There's French, French polishing guys here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and what they did was they, so it blown at the bottom of the panels. So they chipped that out, sanded it, and then uh, refinished just the bottom sections where wow. it had blown and then recolored to texture the the wood that was actually there and then gave it a heck of a lot of uh, matte varnish just to uh, wow. to finish it and give it the protection and it's done a great job it's like 95 percent of um, of new which is a heck of an achievement wow. so real artisans those guys that love them uh, really good jumeirah carpentry for people listening fantastic okay. outfit and you can trust them without a doubt you know and that and again that's the thing and i and, and folks say oh, do you, you, t you share the names of the people that you're using for stuff i say absolutely, absolutely. I, I want people to know where they can go and find good quality craftsmen or craftswomen yes. to to do these jobs because we get too many jobbers. Completely agree. The other thing that I, I really want to stress on this one is anybody who we share, it is a very Dubai thing. I never really thought about it before, but people automatically assume that if we're referring uh, them on to other people because it's work that's not yeah. on core skill, that there's some kind of financial incentive for us. I, there really <laughs> isn't. We just want the work done well. And we don't want people, if we can't help with things, we don't yeah. want people to be um, to de be dealing with people that won't do a good job. That's I, it. I, and I think that's just par for the course, isn't it, these days? That if you refer someone, they figure we're get, you're getting a kickback, we're yeah. getting a kickback. It people often Dubai. say to me, or, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, we talk, just talk about Jamire Carpentry, and they yes. would say, oh, are they sponsoring? It's like, no, but we probably should get them to do that. But no, <laughs> it's like, it's you know, or, or the folks down in Satwell where you get all your parts, which yes. we talk about a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, no, they're just a good place to go. Yes. Go do it, because where are you going to find this stuff? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, we also, another thing that um, we will fix it, we're really, um, it was really important to us is we want people to actually do more DIY themselves and use us for the stuff where we're really good value. If you can do it yourself mm. and you want to do it yourself, then why not empower people to do that? And that's actually been a thing that you and I have stuck with for years yeah, now yeah. Um, uh, on all of the, the sessions that we've done. So um, for us, when it gets technical or when it gets uh, uh, dangerous, especially so um, power is the big one there yeah. or water in terms of the potential damage that could be caused. 
yes, come to us. If you don't have time, come to us. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. But again, um, you know, and that's we, we we're like time poor. People. I think that's yeah. a big one. We're time poor, and and there's sure there's a lot of DIY projects that you guys do that that anyone could do themselves. Yes, but. If I'm going to do some of the jobs that your guys are going to do, it's going to take me twice, three times as long because I don't do it all the time. Exactly. And inevitably, I'm not going to do it as good as your guys because they do it all the time. But exactly. I might get satisfaction if I've got yes. a lot of time. Yeah. So, and which which is an interesting one as well because I so you know, a few people were listening to the podcast last week and they called me out on. It. They said, "Really." I can call, we will fix it, and talk talk about an issue I've got, and they'll give me advice on how to actually do it myself. And I said, yeah. Exactly. I said, I don't believe you. And they called, and apparently they got the advice, and they said, I, I did not believe it. It wasn't like, you know. It's been a fundamental since day one in 2008 for People us. just can't believe it, That's, that people would actually do that. They, they're going to be, well, how is that good for business? They said, because probably you're going to need something fixed another time, and you're going to call them. And also, you're going to talk about the fact that when you called, um, yeah. we will fix it, <laughs> yeah. we were there to help, you know, <laughs> exactly. even though there wasn't a job in it. And, you know, yeah. we see this. I've got no interest in, in one-job customers. They're really not much, um, not much value. What really works well for us is to build a dialogue with people yeah. and to be there to assist over a long time. If you want to assist people over a long time, A, you've got to offer value. B, you've got to be good at what you do. And C, when they don't have a job but they just need some help, you need to be there for them. That's yeah. exactly what we try to do day in, day out here. Another another interesting one that uh, we're seeing a lot of, and I'm, I'm looking up at the roof here. You've got all the fluorescence like we have in so many of the kitchens of homes here in the yeah. UAE. Increasingly, though, these fluorescents are getting hard to find. Well, I'm glad they are um, <laughs> because um, they're not they're not the best of the options that are available here. Actually, my office it's a pure fluke, by the way. It's just the, the newest <laughs> office that we've uh, that we've done um, is now LED. Um, they come as sealed panels and literally the swap over um, between these. So these are uh, basically 60 centimeter uh, fluorescence for to a, a kind of unit. They're, they're yeah. the staple of offices around the world. Yeah. Um, but I now, think every home has got a bank of these things in their kitchen or washrooms. They're full of these lights. Yes. Um, James, let's just do a little um, a little experiment here. And anyone who's got fluorescent lights um, at home as well, do the same thing, which is we're just going to get our camera yeah, uh, on our phone, and then I want you to uh, to shine it at the um, at the light itself and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Now, now what it actually does is it it will um, it will flash. Yeah. And the reason is that uh, basically it's it's working on a um, on an AC current, and um, so, so you in can effect, see, you can see the cycle. You can see the cycle. It slows down when you've only got um, what the thirty frames a second or whatever yeah. that, um, that's going on with our phones. Um, that is not best for a work environment. Mm. And so what we are doing is, as they fail now, rather than replacing bulbs, we'll be replacing the uh, the LEDs. And then that way, with, especially within our working environment, they become much better environment to work in, is it, less is stressful. Is it easy to do? Um, it is. Uh, I mean, literally, if you're, if you're dealing with it, again, we've got the electric issue, haven't we? Yeah. But if you're a competent DIY, yes, dead easy. Um, it literally is a 10-minute um, swap. Um, so basically, it's entire unit out, entire unit in. Um, okay. So the ballast comes out uh, with the fluorescence, and uh, the LED uh, has a uh, some kind of ballast system so within it's, it it's integrated. Okay. Yeah, so it's a nice, easy fit. Not even expensive. One of these is a couple hundred dirhams max. Really? That's yeah. it? Yeah. So why, why isn't everyone jumping on this? Well, because, you know, if you've got something that works, then generally yeah. speaking, you, you wait until that failure before you change it. And that's perfectly normal. Yeah. Um, but again, anybody who is within a uh, an environment with fluorescent lights that gets headaches or has any issues from that perspective, it'd be the first thing that I would do. I know in my, my washroom, I've got an old fluorescent light, just a one bulber. And I must have to change that thing twice, three times a year. I have no idea why it keeps going. It's... Uh, it's it's very frustrating. It's to the point that we just sort of said, yeah, we just got to put in new lighting here. Yeah, it might be fluctuation in current. Could be that you've got a short that's just giving it a little spike now and again in terms of power that's do, that's mm. just um, killing it. But yeah, it happens. You know, it's um, it is kind of variable here in Dubai uh, mm. now and again, and um, these spikes do happen. In fact, I had a friend of mine only last week who, um, in a mad panic, seven o'clock at night, uh, called me to say. Uh, five minutes ago, we turned on a light and three different light bulbs in the house exploded. 
What? Yeah, I know. Nuts, isn't it? No, no, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, so I got one of my emergency teams there and then straight the way around to his house and it was just a power spike. There was wow. nothing wrong with the electrical circuits. It got a power spike that wasn't caught by um, by the breakers. Wow. So breakers were tested. They were fine. It was just one of those things. So, um, but these things do happen. Yeah, lucky it didn't hit the plasma or the computers. Or what about the kids? The kids? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it was one of those. So um, That's freaky. Yeah, it is, but it does happen. It's happened to me in the past as well. Yeah. Um, but just just one of those things, I guess. And, and we, we're so uh, complacent, and maybe that's the wrong word, but to the amount of electricity that runs through a home, sockets, and things that are powered, and things that are going on. I mean, that that whole part of our homes is pretty darn dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we don't think about it. Well, you say that. It is it is dangerous in a way, but then the other side of that There's is... There's a lot of safety mechanisms. Exactly. That didn't used to be there, you know? Yeah. Back in, back in my day, you know, our house, my dad used to have um, literally a whole row of fuse wire yeah. that would sit there. And then when something blew, he'd hit the main switch, stick a new bit of fuse wire in there, and away we would go. Well, these days, all of that, you know, to have, um, um, you know, residual earth protectors and all this kind of stuff that's automatically within a system, they're safer than they've ever been. Yeah. So you've got to work quite hard to have a failure you yeah. know, that is going to Well, and wiring's much better, insulated exactly, now. Exactly. There, there was yeah. a lot of just wrapped wiring in the yes. past. It's yeah. horrible. Horrible yeah. stuff. Yeah, I know. A whole different world these days. And, and again, much for the better. Yeah. Another thing to say is the um, uh, the wiring here in Dubai is based on the British system, uh-huh. um, which, uh, believe it or not, actually is incredible. It's, it is it really is the best in the world for us. Very little that we're the best in the world for now, but I think wiring. our electrical systems definitely are. Um, so uh, it literally in Dubai... You hear these stories about all of these fires and whatever. Yeah. And yes, it's generally when somebody has tampered with a perfectly good system and has brought maybe some of the uh, the history from um, their home countries and how they're wired um, here, which tends to be the issue. Um, but again... Leaving grounds off and things like that or running an extension cord out of a socket. I've seen that at a couple of places where instead of just plugging in an extension cord, they've actually hardwired it in and yep. you see it coming out, out of the uh, up the wall and... And it's like, well, hold on, where's this coming from? What, this cannot be up to code. It's um, it, it is difficult at times in the way that people do things, but um, you know, part of um, going to somebody reputable, whether it's us or anyone else for that matter, yeah. um, who is reputable, is that they will make sure that you're kept safe. What's going on in the shop right now? Uh, talking to you and as I was coming in, and he said, you know, t- t- today was is one of the first days that humidity has kicked back in. That I just noticed a little mm. tweak of it this morning. Yeah, AC units must be getting. You must be getting lots of calls. It's nuts. Everything's nuts. It's all <laughs> nuts, James. You know, it's, which is um, good. I mean, if you're in the DIY and home repair business, yes, now this is time. a good time of year. Oh, absolutely, it is. Um, for us, it's all about now managing that demand and yeah. making sure that we have space for emergencies and that kind of thing. So that is literally by the hour we are managing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, our king of everything um, organization-wise, Kevin, um, who you know as well, yes. unfortunately has just had a, um, a big um, uh, foot operation. He, oh, no. he damaged himself running. As, oh, no. uh, they've literally sliced him open and he's going to be out for a while. Oh, no. So the boys upstairs are stretched at the best of times anyway, but they're doing a fantastic job, thank goodness. So, you know, we're keeping up with it, but it's just everything is crazy right now. AccuWeather is basically saying the next few days, temperature is going down, um, which hopefully will give a little bit of respite for us. Um, but again, when the temperature goes down, humidity goes up and hence the start today. Yeah. And I, I said this is the beginning of, to me, it really was that first little taste of summer that's coming. Cooler temperature, but that feel of the humidity and, and that just has a, a knock-on effect on everything. And then the temp, yeah, uh, the temperature's now going to kick back up. Uh, it's supposed to be over the weekend, so um, Saturday, I think, is when it's going to start kicking back up and then I'm pretty sure we're done. Oh, man. It's heat, heat, heat galore, without a doubt. Which is, which is great, but yeah. it also means it's that time of year again. Yeah, when it starts hitting forty, you're, it, it gets a little bit more difficult to sit outside. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, this year it, it feels as though the whole um, start period has been compressed. Yes, it got warm six weeks later than normal, um, and which is incredible, isn't it? No, it's awful. I mean, I, <laughs> well, it's incredible from a stay outside. <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, right. Right from a bit, but from from the normal <laughs> cycle of what you guys do as a business, and I guess. You know, you plan it out. I mean, yes. year on year on year, you know, okay, we've got to start, ramp- We, you know, let's have our guys out on holidays at this exactly. point. Yeah. We can ramp start ramping up. 
for you, this is a, a nightmare of six weeks because you brought guys back six weeks early. Yep. And what are they doing? It's, well, we only need, you know, 80% of our employees and we got, we got 20% that are doing makeup jobs. That's exactly what happened. Which is um, not great for you and not great for them. Yeah. We, we, what we actually did was, um, so we knew that we had, normally it would have been uh, mid-February mid, uh, that the, the temperature kick would happen. Yeah. Um, our guys, we, we try and get them back, uh, everybody back off vacation by um, the 1st of March, and then we're, we're gangbusters. By the 7th of March, it was really clear that, the uh, the unsettled weather was just going to be unsettled and it wasn't going to go hot until uh, at least the end of March. So pretty much on the 7th, we just went, okay, we now need a, a big gangbusters promotion. Yeah. And um, and we did, and we filled it inside three days and it was just Beautiful. insane. Yeah, I know, massive discounts. So everybody did very well in Dubai. So thank you to all our customers. But it was, um, it was one of those that, it's just a question in that situation of filling the jobs, getting yeah. it done. But then as soon as it goes hot, you need to be able to rein that back so you can still service everybody that needs yeah, to be doing. Sure. So, you know, it, it made it much more difficult for us, but there was um, there was some real bargains available um, there in March. Yeah. Here's another question. We were talking about electricity. What about plumbing? And my, my question is, when I think back to homes I've lived in overseas and I go into my kitchen and I go underneath the sink, it's all metal plumbing. Yeah. Increasingly, when I look around here in Dubai, it's all plastic. And some, in some cases, flexible plastic hoses coming off the bottom of my, 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 my sinks. Is this the new norm or is this borrowing from other parts of the world and trying to make the best and easiest fit? Um, interesting one, that. So we've got a bit of a unique environment here in, um, uh, in the UAE, in the Middle East, on the basis that you're never really going to get freezing pipes. Right. As a result, the traditional uh, copper pipes that you'd find, yeah. uh, certainly in the UK, and I'm guessing in, in yeah, Canada as well, copper. Yeah, yeah. Um, is uh, they're becoming kind of a thing of the past on the whole oh, here. Really? But interestingly enough, back home, they're becoming a thing of the past as well because copper is so expensive that it's no longer cost-effective to put them in. Wow. So now there's a move to uh, plastic pipes of different types. Um, the main one here is a UPVC, which is a high pressure, it's the dark grey pipe that okay. you'll see coming out of your pumps on the hole. Um, and it's adequate for what it does. The adequate. idea is... It's adequate. It's, I don't like that word. Okay, well, I'll, let me explain <laughs> that a little bit more. So U, UPVC is a really low cost um, pipe, um, great up to kind of... 10 bar is probably the maximum oh. that it would go to. Your pump will pump at probably maximum 5 bar. Okay. So it's got a bit so of latency. It, so in it there. works in the house? Yes, it does work in the house. Um, where, where it struggles with, it can't do hot water. Well, if oh. you imagine in the summer, your water goes hot, and that's kind of at the limits of water. Mine's coming out at about 52 yeah. off my roof. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, don't need to heat the water temperature. Oh, definitely not. Um, so... That will shorten the lifespan of UPVC. UV also, although it's UV treated, UV will also shorten mm. the lifespan of it. Um, you have another pipe which is uh, called PPR, which is a, a green pipe, much better quality, um, but it's much more difficult to work with. Our guys have to plastic weld it to join it together. Ooh. Which no, no, it's, it's actually it's yeah. a really it's a great process and it's very okay. satisfying, um, but more difficult. There's not uh, as many technicians that are able to do it. The parts are more expensive as well. So we yeah. use that um, when we need a higher quality uh, replacement repair um, and also that will do boiling water no problem hmm. so um, and we tend to retrofit quite a lot of that around the about um, I did it all at my house just because I wanted to, to fix it and forget it yeah and that pipe even after 10 years will look horrendous on the outside all god it's almost white and yeah. terrible but the thickness of it means it's perfect inside no well, issues whatsoever and away you go um, so and then you have copper pipe. Yeah, copper pipes are absolutely utterly Do fantastic. Do they even sell copper pipes here? Yes. Okay. Um, it's um, you don't see the uninsulated here. It's normally sheathed with ah, um, okay. uh, with white plastic, so you get a little bit confused necessarily with with what you're dealing with. Um, those generally are um, either for an older style construction, yeah. um, or alternatively where um, there's something extremely critical within the uh, the mm. process. Um, here and, and, and at least the copper pipe, like as and I, I maybe I'm just you know a hold back to older days. It sort of fits all the range. Takes cold, takes warm. Yes, 
it it just and it tends to last. It does, but again, to get the cost down in uh, in the UK, traditionally you'd solder fit um, right. all of the fittings. Yeah, on. yeah. Right, there's no solder fit here at all. Um, really? Yeah, it's just not used. Um, so huh. instead, you've got compression fittings. No, well, no soldering, but soldering's fun. Yeah, I know, but it, it, it <laughs> takes time. My dad is quite possibly the best solderer I've ever seen. He's better than the professionals, but for him, exactly like you, it's, it's just pure entertainment. It's, and you um, know, you get your flux on there and oh. heat that heat it up, and then watch it go in. And yeah, you know, I know, and like, suck as it goes. It's, yeah. it's quite a process, but you really need to know what you're doing yeah. uh, with it. Huh. But the funny thing Impression I always joke joke to my dad about is um, in the UK, there's a real craze for when there's a, a house left empty, the vandals come in and steal all oh, the yeah. copper. If anyone, if my parents ever leave their house and anyone ever goes upstairs and goes into our hallway and lifts the floorboards, they won't believe it. It's literally <laughs> the whole of our hall, the full width of it is solid copper pipe with dance projects left, right and centre for, oh, we just need an extra radiator here or, oh, I'll stick in another minor, small um, ensuite in this location. And it is just jam-packed full. So um, <laughs> that it's probably doubled the value of the house just wow. on the copper alone. <laughs> so um, I just you, know, yeah. so when we start talking about the different plastic pipes, yeah. from a DIY perspective, is it easy for me, I guess with compression fittings if I'm using those, but if I'm doing plastic welding, that doesn't sound to me like a job yeah. that I can do easily. It's not. It, yeah. Well, y- you could if you invested in the equipment, but then would you yeah. invest in the equipment for a one-time for a job? One, That's no. where it gets difficult. Um, so it, it's a real limitation of plumbing. People will go with UPVC because that's cheap and easy to do. Yeah. Um, but again, the, there's a little a bit of a black art to that as well. And you can easily spend mm. more hours. Uh, and also, it's not refitable. If you if you have a first attempt and then put the glue in, put the two pieces together, if it hasn't bonded well um, in the first instance, then that's, that's scrap. Really? And, yeah, and away you go again with oh, new pieces. Man. Well, you end up with a shorter and shorter pipe causing yeah. you more and more problems. So yeah. it, it, it takes a little bit of um, of knowledge to be able to get that to work right. Hmm. No, that's that's good and mm. not so good. Well, also, I mean, I don't know whether you guys have it, but in the UK we have both for the plastic pipes that are available. There are compression fittings that fit on. Yeah, Speedfit is right. uh, one of the yeah. brands that we have there. Um, also for copper, um, there's something called Microbore now, um, which is like a much thinner um, copper pipe that you can bend if you're careful oh, as oh. it goes with the idea being it's much easier to move um, around uh, you know other objects that, you, uh, that yeah. you come up against and therefore less joints that are required and um, simpler and quicker to install um, but again uh, for micropore fittings you, you need stronger pumps to be able to pump through it meaning higher pressure meaning more risk and and here that's just not done yeah forget about it yeah yeah interesting yeah very interesting well there lesson learned it, it, again you almost want to have and i don't know if they do this at, at ace or speedex do they do they do sort of like they do at home depot and and things back in in north america where they have lesson days kind of on the weekends where they have you know the tile guy coming in showing you how to install some tile the pipe guy showing you how to do some pipe work do they do that here uh, no <laughs> we discussed it years ago um when we used to have a tight with them um, with ace back in the day a long yeah. long time ago um and uh, at the end of the day it just wasn't going to work mm. for one reason or another so what you get now is um the guys from a particular company coming to demonstrations of their particular product yeah um but what they don't show is actual projects yeah um and how to attempt a project yeah it's like little things yeah. Know, putting down a few tiles in the, the garden. Yes. How to, you know, do the edging correctly and put up some edging barriers. Because yep. that's one of the things I, I've been looking at. And I've got a, a little bit of a garden space. And yeah. I keep thinking, you know, I need to put in some concrete edging or, you know, do a little bit of masonry, do some, you know, make a nice little brick flower bed. Yeah. And I, I mean, I could get the guy to come in and do it, but mm. I kind of want to do it myself. Yeah. But. I, I look at it and I go, okay, I you know this is not. I mean, sure, I can go to YouTube and yes. I can go to that. The problem with YouTube is, if I'm, lo- it depends where I'm looking at the YouTube video from. So if I'm looking at it from North America, yeah, I'm toast because they're using different aggregates and they might have different bricks and they might have different, you know, groutings that they're yes. using. Yeah. If I'm looking at the UK, I might have a better chance, mm. but maybe not. <laughs> I don't. And, and it's so where am I going to see? that project being done here with yes. the parts and with the materials and with that the are that yeah. are all here. Yeah, that's why I think, I think maybe maybe the, the folks over at Ace need to make some of these 
DIY. Maybe you guys. We, maybe we need to make some do-it-yourself videos. We, you know, I can't you imagine how many times we've talked about that. But then again, you know, we have the same issue probably as the Power Tool guys, yeah. which is we need to teach people more about just the services yeah. that we offer when we disappear <laughs> on that roof. And that's got to be the first batch that we do. And um, we're, 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 we're pretty close to getting to, to be able to do that. Um, yeah. you know, we've just got a videographer on board. That's awesome. Because um, so I, I would actually watch that video if you you know when you go up on the roof and, yeah. and you know there's only a handful of us who follow the the technicians onto the roof yes of course which, which i do and i'm yeah, sure good. you do yeah but there many people they they disappear onto the roof and it's like i don't know what they're doing up there yes it would be wonderful to have that video mm. where you've got a technician talking through okay so when we come up onto your roof a this is this is the process we're following we have a check sheet yes this is what we're doing this is what we're looking for showing the good elements say of the ac unit and showing okay here's how we know we can recognize a problem this that and the other thing I, i'd watch those videos I good that's fantastic well um we we were trying to get it all sorted before the summer really hit yeah. um as it happens just to get everybody in the right space um it's taken longer i'm not sure i'm going to kill myself on a roof in this weather <laughs> if i'm honest See, now it's getting warm so it's like do you want to be up there yeah. shooting the video and it's like yeah <sighs> But it's, it's then it's not just shooting the video; it's the fact that you're utterly drenched. And yeah, you know, my my guys, you, you look at an AC tech; they are a different breed. Yeah, it's so incredible. I don't. I it still takes a very know. special person to do that job. Absolutely. I mean, it's the nature of the beast. You're yeah. an AC technician; you're going to be working in some warm weather. Oh, it, it, they only break down when it's hot, yeah. and and they're inevitably there between the peak sun time. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're up there when it's dark. I don't want the guy up there when it's dark either. No, you know, I had a technician not. once come over to my place, not from We Will Fix It. Yeah. And and they wanted to do some work and it was dark. And I said, No. Yeah. And they said, No, no, we've got to fix it. I said, It's dark. Yes. Oh no, we'll and, and I'm going, How are you gonna see? Well, and we they whipped out their phones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're kidding. And, I, and I just said, Exactly. I oh, said, man. You're kidding me. Yeah. I said, Come back when it's light. <laughs> we now have, as you know, we've got essential maintenance as a 24-7 business. Yeah. And uh, just to be able to do that that night work, uh, we basically end up with a, a system that, that, that's at five to 10,000 luminance. Wow. So, you know, more than pretty much any room is going to deliver. Um, so they're carting the tech up with them if they're up on a roof. Or yeah, so we have floodlights that literally go up onto that yeah. roof because they must work in an environment that's yeah. safe. Yeah. It's insane not to. So we have a whole different set of protocols that are required when they're doing nighttime work versus daytime work. Um, it must be impressive too if they're you know in the ranches and they're up on a roof or something and you've got this you know football field. You kind of know when we're there. It's like, uh, my goodness, have Manchester United come to town with their floodlit pits? Yeah, it's uh, it's very much the way. But again, it, Emirates just... starts circling. Oh, is that the land? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it, it, it's critical. You know, yeah. actually, just talking about the guys on the roof, the health and safety of having some, these guys working there is. is really really critical to us and directly outside where we are now um, there are two enormous commercial um, ice machines and we produce one and a half tons of ice a day um, which is to go out with all of our guys A just to keep their core temperatures down um, they're also given um, hydration salts as well um, so that they're able to, to stay in a zone where even at 5 o'clock in the afternoon after a tough day um, they are uh, in a in a safe place from their, their own um, uh, body perspective. What's the biggest complaints that the AC techs guys have? Do they? I mean, they, I mean, it's their job. But what are the the biggest things they notice and they talk to you about uh, with respect to the challenges they have with uh, working on AC units here? I think one of the main issues that we have is that um, the units are designed to work at their maximum efficiency to provide the level of cooling that's required during the summer. We're in an extreme environment. Yeah. So therefore, if you imagine, and also if you imagine from a developer's perspective, they do not want to add um, like latency because latency yeah. costs in terms of the equipment that they're fitting. So you then get to these units that may well be 10 years old, um, so that they're not as good as they were. Um, and um, even when recently serviced, they're, they're absolutely bang on the money, but they're right on the limits of what they're designed to do. And we have that for the best part of six months of every year. Wow. So the issue is that it's not a question of trying to find where the error is. It's trying to make every single part of that AC work at its absolute optimum. Mm. Well, if you imagine you're then combining that with the time constraints that we have as a business, 
they find that the pressure that combines those elements together is something that takes time to get your head around, that we have to work extremely efficiency, uh, efficiently to produce the efficiency that we require as a business. So I think their biggest complaint always is, I I've always feel as though I'm, 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 I'm rushing and I'm against the clock. Well, you are. And yeah. that's why <laughs> you are trained to the level that you are. And yeah. that is why you are here, because you're the best in the business. Yeah. I, I mean, this uh, this is something that surprises me, that... In this region, we don't have air conditioning manufacturers who are looking at at the environment and saying, "Hey, we're in the extreme. How do we build in? How do we build a product to meet these extremes and not only meet them but exceed them, so that they just work better?" There, well, there certainly is. There certainly is companies that are operating that way. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about a price point yeah. and when it all boils down to it. And it's not, uh, I don't want the outtake to be all ACs in Dubai are yeah. rubbish. They're definitely not. No, no, not. I mean, my AC is fantastic. Yeah, but, yeah. general you know. quality is exceptional. Yeah. Um, but uh, it tends to be that there are uh, developments and units that, um, that are not mm. as effective as, as you'd ideally yeah. like. Is, is it a good idea from, from a, a, a homeowner or a landlord sense to put, you know, uh, little covers over sh- sunshades over top of our AC units to not have the sun beating down on them, or is that overkill? They're not designed the, for that. The logic's good, um, but then more critical than anything else is airflow. Ah. So you're looking to expel the hot air from the right. unit that's on um, that is on the roof. So anything that impedes that um, actually affects that circulation process. So no, I wouldn't. Um, but again, all you need is to make sure that unit's working efficiently. How mm-hmm. do I do that? Service them really regularly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised every time the guys come and service the units, the amount of sand that yeah. comes out of those the, the, the grates, the little fins. Yeah, so that's the um, uh, the evaporate. Uh, sorry, no condenser coil rather, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's the whole it's, it's process. Crazy. That's required. It's crazy. Well, also it bakes on, and yeah. it, it takes a skilled tech um, to get the right pressure. Um, to get that off. And yeah. our guys will literally work their way up. If you use too much pressure, you completely kill um, uh, those those units and you have to replace the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, So they work their way up. They'll start off with just a hose. Um, yeah. But then people say, oh, I can do a hose myself. Well, actually, no, you can't. Because again, with a hose, and especially pressurized here, um, you can cause damage with that. However, some units require you to take that step up and then um, actually use a pressure washer. We have those as well. Yeah. And um, and the, the real knowledge comes uh, from guys who've been doing this for a very long time to get the right level for your particular unit. Now, a lot of people will just look at the front of that unit. Yeah. Well, it's actually it's a thickness. So to get its efficiency, you need it to be uh, clean all the way through, and that's really what a, a decent And people forget do. about that. that yes. the, the, you know, the, the, the sand travels right through, and yeah, you've got to get it all out. Yeah, it's really critical. And when you, um, it's it's you know three three times a year. I often think you know that's that seems to be pretty optimum for yes, cleaning. Yes, it is. But yeah. it would. I almost think it needs to be done more. Well, it depends how much you're using it. You know, yeah. um, if it, if your ACs are on twenty four seven versus off during the day, you're using them twice as much. Well, if you're using yeah. them twice as much, then to be serviced more often. Yeah. So I um, think people forget about that. Yeah, the, it, it, it <laughs> is a natural thing. You know, it's it's out of sight. Out it's of cold. Mind. There's air coming out of the vents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not an issue yes. until hold on, that air's not as cold as it used to be. And my D-wheel's <laughs> just gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. I and mean, keep on top of it. Um, generally, at um, any place that I've moved into, my first year was an absolute nightmare. Um, after that. At that point, you get that reliability into it. And the other uh, question that comes to me really, um, really often is, um, I've just had two failures on the same AC. Should I replace it? The answer is a definite no. They're designed to be repaired. Mm. And they're designed that each of the components is individual. So you get to a stage where, um, I guess in what we're now north of 130,000 jobs, I think. And we've probably replaced four, maybe five units in, um, in the whole of nothing. the device. Yeah, it's nothing, exactly. Um, you need a large number of failures to actually occur at the same time to make it worthwhile to be able mm. to do it. And on top of that, for the indoor unit, you then need to pull down the whole of the ceiling on the indoor and a whole bunch of guys to come and fit the new one in and then re- refix the whole of the ceiling back, which is a big job. Yeah. So the bodges 
bunch of people come to you, oh, I'll fit you a new AC. Yeah. And they don't. They fit a new outdoor unit because that's the easy bit. Yeah. Leave the old indoor unit. Yeah. With, so you've then got a completely unbalanced unit that's not going to work very well at all. It's oh, just insane. Are AC units, in a sense, that one item that it's counterintuitive because everything we yes. get, cars, appliances... Yeah. Out with the old, in with the new AC units. Keep fixing the old ones and just keep them as long as you can make them last. Exactly. Um, I keep talking about my wonderful client just around the corner from you. Yeah. But um, we've had that conversation and hers are ancient. Uh, I think uh, she's now, what, 21 years, I think, since she built her place in Meredith. And um, uh, I love her ACs. They look terrible, <laughs> but they're just... Are they like, the old Lennox ones as well? No, they're not, actually. Okay. Hers are general. And, oh, okay. um, oh, that's an even older. Yeah, but the indoor, the yeah. indoor. Actually, uh, I say they look terrible. I'm, I'm talking about the units yeah, on the yeah, roof. On the, the ones roof. that are in a house are just stunning, classic. Oh, yeah. just wonderful bits of design. But then you look at them technically and you see how they're built, and you're just yeah. like, oh wow, this quality is metals, quality plastics. Exactly. Involved. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, um, it's just a whole different level, I think, to a lot of the uh, the new units that are that are produced now. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know? <laughs> and actually, I, I, I just mean, pointed we're looking up. At, we're looking at one here, and I mean, see, that's a, that's a carrier, is it? Is I mean, it? that's a carrier. That is that's a top of the range carrier that we've yeah. got in this uh, this room here. There's a lot of plastic on air conditioning units now, Th- though. There is, and that is a great AC. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. And the thing is, in 20 years' time, what will that look like? Well, yeah. I tell you what, it won't look as good as the ones that are in um, our customers in um, in Murdoch, yeah. which is is the issue. And of course, you know, with with our knowledge, we're going to be buying pretty decent ACs. But yeah. um, it is uh, it is a real shame when um, uh, when you see units that are like two three years old and they're in pieces. This and, and we're looking. At a split unit, this is what we call a, a split. That's a split wall-mounted unit. Right. So, is this is this the new norm now for a lot of ACs that are going in places as opposed no. to now? No. Um, so wall-mounted, normally you'd find them in in domestic properties. It tends to be a maid's room okay. uh, where these are used. Um, uh, within, I mean, we're in in effect a warehouse with converted offices. Yeah. So in that situation, we don't have a full ceiling void where an indoor unit would uh, go. Right. So hence you go wall-mounted because they're an easy fit in this kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's, that's how it tends to work. And, and I guess that's what the rooms that I've seen these kind of things in, and, and a few places in North America and stuff. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it, great it's, for retrofits in some of the older older places where yes. you don't have ceilings and things like that. Yeah, or additional units you find oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know in a situation where uh, you don't have enough cooling. Um, this is probably an easier way to fit. I kind of need one of these in my kitchen, actually, because the AC in my place does come to the kitchen, yeah. but the kitchen's always hot. Yeah, it tends to be the way. But the other thing, again, is is not to um, uh, not to underspec. Uh, this is a bit of a beast, actually. This is a four <laughs> a four ton in an environment that probably a two ton would do. Okay. Um, but the reason that we do that is again this latency. Yeah. So this unit is not working hard to cool this space, um, and uh, therefore, as a result, the compressor will be turning on and off more frequently which means more downtime and it's not to work as hard yeah. so, um, when, so when it you, makes sense when you say four ton yeah where's where's the tons coming in here the size of the compressor on okay. the whole so it doesn't weigh four tons no no no, no. <laughs> this is a cooling because i think a lot rough. of people hear that and they think four tons that's really heavy yeah there's um there's kind of two measurements in terms of the capacity of an ac there's tonnage which is the traditional measure um and then uh, the modern version is called btu uh, right now, i'm no expert on the conversion i have to look it up every time let's yeah. be brutally honest with you um but uh but basically that's how you measure the uh, the capacity and output from an ac unit okay so you can go with British thermal units or tons. And uh, Ooh, I should know if it's British. Oh, words. What's going on with me? I've let down the empire. What's left of it? Hey, we see, you know, we, Colin, we still got a few questions, but you know what? I know that you've got a big meeting to head to. Oh, I'm sorry. It's and one of those today. We're just back to back all the way. You know, I absolutely appreciate doing the show as uh, always. It's it. the We Will Fix Show. We Will Fix It.com. Follow the We Will Fix It guys. We Will Fix It Dubai on Instagram. Great yes. uh, tips, great photos, great advice. 800 fix if you want to give them a call and and like you always say uh, got something you need fixed get on a plan got something just need you know one off give them a call need some advice give them a call uh, just a great great group of people great guys and great gals working here thank and, you uh, and every week <laughs> pretty much we sit down and we talk about yeah. stuff that's going on if folks want to get a question to us we'll let you know how to do that in just a second but colin thank you very much always a pleasure talk Thanks, to you again James. soon to you You've been listening to the We Will Fix It Show, a Podaholics podcast with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai and myself, James Pikeaway. You want to get in touch with us? Podaholics with a K at gmail.com or hit us up across the socials, Podaholics with a K. We'll be back really soon. Have a great one. Share the podcast. So long for now.